So good job. It's that thing where you're actually kind of smart. Things you say make you sound dumb. Yeah, we both do that. What's that called? Nope. <laughs> yeah, but you're a little different, Dad. Stop saying sir! Oh, it drives me crazy! I think most people just ignore the tough question. This isn't Minecraft. This is real life. You are hilarious. <laughs> that was not the dog, Dad. That was you. <laughs> yeah, to solve this, we have to completely ignore the main problem. <laughs> that makes literally no sense to me. I just want to die. And that, my friend, is one of my favorite things about you. Hey, welcome to Renaissance Radio. A wild, wild weekend of interview after interview. Super exciting. It was so great to spend time with Jeff and Amy at Kokosing River Outfitters. I was then able to meet with Ron and Lene of um, Risen Thrift and then Emily and Meg and Meg over at Blonde Robin. And so I'm tired. Uh, this episode is such an interesting, um, oh, it's not interesting. I just said interesting, hoping that it would be interesting. This episode is really about settling in and being honest about where I'm at in this process because I think it's important to show the difficult times. Um, I'm 12 episodes in recording, only doing it on the weekends and maybe a couple of evenings here and there, fully committed to my day job. And uh, like Amy and Jeff said, like it's important to start. And we talked about kind of relentless pursuit, not at the expense of dinners. Other than being away this weekend, I've, I've seen my family at all the dinner times and seen them off in the morning. And so life balance has been pretty good. But this weekend, I took a little bit of time away. I'm at the Roost at Cocosing River Outfitters. And it's been awesome. I purposely didn't clean up after dinner. I'm wearing my shorts, and uh, those are corn dogs next to me, and a drink here, and it's a mess because I just came off of uh, six interviews over the last uh, two days, and I just wanted to share what putting your head down and getting to work and problem solving on the fly looks like. I think it's very, very easy to say those sort of things and glamorize it, and so I feel obligated to kind of do an unscripted episode here to talk about what that might feel like. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, maybe you already have, maybe there's some insights here that'll help you. Otherwise, maybe there's just a tone that'll help you to understand like it's not all roses all the time. Although I've really, really enjoyed it. And I'm, I've been so happy with the responses that I've gotten. The responses have been really thoughtful. You know, anybody who does any kind of art or sports or performance or business or school or anything gets these kind of general positive feedback things, which are good, but they're like sugar cubes where somebody says, you're so good. I'm like, oh, thanks. But when somebody comes in and says, hey, somehow this didn't apply to my area of life, but it was still entertaining. That's really cool how you do that. Or, hey, this was really helpful in this specific area. That's, that's where I, I get real excited. And those kind of have some meat on the bone for compliments, but I'll take any of them. <laughs> it's great. And, and critique and criticism. I was telling my wife, she said, what are you going to do when your inevitable, you know, bad review comes in? Because it's, it's going to happen. And, and I said, I think that was really wise of her to bring that to my attention. Additionally, I think probably at best I'm a three-star uh, podcast. So if I can get anything above that, that's great. And, uh, but I do appreciate all the five stars that have come in and comments. It's been really sweet of you guys. So here's the deal. So essentially what happened was um, I started Renaissance Agency and I created some parameters for myself and said, all right, here's what I want it to be with no compromise. I want it to be a creative agency that's able to take on work in a way that everyone's acting in their giftedness. Everything is generally very natural and expert and that we're greater than the sum of our parts. The sum of our parts are greater than the individual. Um, well, I said that 
half right both ways, so one full right. <laughs> but uh, I wanted the fact that we're working on this stuff together to be the the product the product of the work that we do and the network that I have um, is better than if we were doing these things separately because I really believe that you know I was talking to the girls over at Blonde Robin and we were just kind of dreaming and and I I just it occurred to me I was just like you know myself mixed with them mixed with two or three other artists and craftsmen and thinkers and, and techies that I know suddenly you've got this thing that you can make that's like world class but I could never do it on my own and that's the idea so uh, I said I'm going to start that and then one of the things that was very apparent early on is that it's slightly complex it's not something that fits in a business card also it's something that'll take some external processing to work out and so I said you know a podcast would be a really great way for me to get back into this creative space start those relationships again and then also to give listeners a peek behind the curtain on people who are actually doing the things that they say they're doing right so uh, not just teaching something that they read about but they're actually doing the work every day and so I can go out and give a voice to people who you probably wouldn't hear from because they're too busy working and doing doing great work. And so I wanted to find exceptional people who could, you know, speak to those things and also rejuvenate me and, and get me excited again about that creative work. That's really shown up in my day-to-day life. It's shown up in my day job. Uh, this kind of resurgence of this sort of thinking has really helped me. So I said, okay, I'll start this thing. And then pulled the trigger, started investing cash and time and money. And here I am. So my initial thought was, if I invest up front, I'm just going to walk through some of the problems that I bumped into and what I'm running into now, what I hope to do. And we'll just have this be a short episode of, of kind of an update on that. So I, I'm used to the idea that as long as you take not a lot more than what you need in terms of content and media, and a lot of this is just me externally processing and listening to myself processing like, okay, I'm working this out literally tonight, right now over corn dogs. So I, um, which are not great, which surprises me. Like corn dogs are one of those things. It's so annoying. I'm really mad about this. Corn dogs are one of those things that you know are bad for you. They don't really have anything good in them, but they're delicious. And you're, you're sacrificing good choices for amazing taste. Okay. When you get a corn dog that's flat, that just doesn't like have that. There's neither corn nor bread. And the dog part of it is just abysmal. I mean, I just feel lied to. And so I'm, I'm kind of upset about that. Anyway, I'll, I'll get past it. I'm really mad. Like, I want to look forward to these bites, but I'm not. That's kind of what I brought. So it's, I guess I got to eat it. But anyway, uh, so here I am. So the thought was if I, can, if I can minimize the amount of content that I take in, be very intentional and kind of edit in camera, as they say, then quickly label and use automated systems to synchronize. So for example, uh, the Rodecaster... Um, brings in an audio file, typically a WAV format or an MP3 into Premiere, which is Adobe Premiere, which is the video program. I'm recording on the iPhone and the iPhone and the audio can synchronize now automatically. You don't have to do the whole clap thing. As long as the math of the two audios line up to each other, they can synchronize it. That's great. Well, what I bumped into is a couple problems early on. Number one, I mentioned this in a previous podcast. Um, I don't have, I have a lot of experience in terms of like being in front of a soundboard, but I don't have a lot of in-depth experience and with this interface. And so I didn't realize that the gain difference, which is digital here, the gain is the overall volume that's being in, excuse me, being inputted, uh, is under level. And then you can adjust the volume of your headset. So right now, if I wanted to turn myself up, I could do it a couple different ways. I could turn it up on the slider. I could turn it up on the gain and I could turn it up on the headphone volume, but that change like that. Those are three different things. They all do something different. They don't, don't fix the problem. So, um, necessarily only one of them does. 
And so I recorded a couple episodes without, um, you know, without the audio being right. And it's, I recorded it on a single track. So the good news is the single track is tiny. Speaking of which, I'm going to turn my audio up a little bit without turning it up for you. Okay, great. So without, uh, you know, so it goes into a single track. So I've got multiple people recording into a single track. So when I got that wrong, I got it wrong on one single track that you can't really separate. Imagine, you know, working on a, on a coloring on a piece of paper and you color one marker over the other marker. If you were using two pieces of paper, one piece of paper and a transparency, you could remove the transparency or adjust it without damaging it. But if you draw over top of one marker with another marker, you're not going to be able to separate those markers anymore. So that's what's happening in the audio. That was a big boo-boo. So I immediately, I have in my mind, like this takes up like no space. The audio takes up almost no space, but I was recording 4K video. So the 4K video, because you know, why not? You want to be the best, right? So record an iPhone single shot 4K because <laughs> people will care. It's not true. So I'm recording 4K video. So I've got these massive video files on my phone coming over. They're like 30 gig. They take forever to transfer. There's transfer errors like crazy. I'm taking up space like crazy. I don't have the hard drives I need, but the audio files are tiny. So a couple shots in, I realize, okay, so I need to go to multi-track. No problem. It's whatever it is times four. It's not going to be much. It's probably only going to send over what is recorded, so it won't be much bigger. So the file's small. I'm going to do multi-track on the road. Great. And I'm actually going to do 1080 on the phone, which was a really cool moment because it went from like 30 gig of video to five gig for about an hour or less. And that was great. So I already know, okay, now I've got multi-track, so if I mess up the audio, I can adjust them individually, and I've got a much smaller file on my phone. I create a file system, which is basically on this uh, one terabyte solid-state drive. I didn't want to go too crazy on cost, and a terabyte seems like a lot, but I'm about halfway full on the 12 or 13 episodes I've recorded in the last couple of weeks. So, um, so I've got this one terabyte here. It's dedicated. It's password protected. It's dedicated just to Renaissance uh, Radio. So now I'm record. I'm bringing in five gigabyte um, videos, and I didn't really pay attention to the audio. But I assumed, like you know, we're talking about megabytes here. It's it's not going to be very much. So right before this trip, I recorded an episode with Harley, and sure enough, pops up on the screen. Hey, your deal is almost full. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot. Like. That went really fast. Turns out it's significantly more space. It's in the gigs for some reason because it's it's pulling over every single track and every track is not like based on how much on it's on it. It's kind of full size regardless. So now I've got this card that's filled up that's a 32 gig card. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, I am so glad that I figured that out, like that Harley and I recorded because if we hadn't done that, I would have run out on my very first episode here. It's like, whew crisis averted. So, uh, I erase the card and well, I back everything up, make sure I've got everything backed up and you've got to have naming conventions, which is really tricky because my naming conventions are long. If you haven't found that little Easter egg, it's cause I speak in run on sentences sometimes so that all of the titles are run on sentences, which is, um, just my acknowledgement of my weakness there. But, uh, but anyway, so I get here and I wipe it again, right? So I do some episodes and I wipe it again. I get to the second episode of Blonde Robin today. Boom, your card is full. 15 minutes into the episode. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So then I go to export those. And I'm like, hang tight. We'll finish recording. So sorry, my fault. We, we get to 
that and the roadcaster will not let me export them as a group. I have to export each one and it has to export and initialize. We're looking at an hour. No, sh- not sure why. And there's an easy fix for that, right? If I talk to techie friends or podcasting friends, they'll go, oh, you could have just done this. But the point is, these are called unknown unknowns. Whenever you start something new, it's something that you didn't know that you didn't know. And so known unknowns are cool because you go, hey, I don't know. In the episode today, we talked about designing clothing. And we went through a goals and limitations could have conversation uh, with M. And I said, why can't you, why can't you make the pants? Well, I don't know where to go. So if you knew where to go, you could do it. Yeah, okay. Well, why can't you do it once you find him? And we went through it. It was really cool. Well, that's for known unknowns. That's when you know that you don't know um, how to do something. You can, you can YouTube. You can Google that. But when you don't know, you don't know. That usually shows up in the form of an alert. <laughs> you know, error or full or, uh, you know, ticket or whatever because you didn't see it coming. And that's one of the difficulties of starting something new is that a good percentage compared to what's normal uh, of your issues will be unknown unknowns. And so you prepare as much as you can up front. You read as much as you can. You try as much as you can. You Google things like uh, things I wish I'd known, you know, about your stuff and you do what you can. But the reality is it just comes up. And so they're going to come in. They, were, they had such a good time. They're going to come to the studio and record Uh, episode two, because we have some really cool plans that we're going to work on with them. Uh, But anyway, so I look at this and I'm realizing like I get very little out of this 32 gig that I thought was basically unlimited based on the size of the original files. So there's that. Okay. So moving forward, my goal, if I, uh, these are some limitations that I've bumped into. My goal is that the information is input correctly, that I get my instincts in line with my process so that as soon as I capture something, there's an obvious place to put it, which will then trigger a series of events of where it needs to go. But I don't have that developed yet. And so it's very tedious, very difficult as we go because I'm producing, managing, data management, strategy, all those things. And what I wanted to point out here today a little bit was, and this is a super process improvement nerd alert episode. So this will go This will go by uh, fast for some, slow for others, and some of you might have left already. Um, What I wanted to talk about today was uh, how there's there's just no stinking way, like I said a bit ago, there's no way to know what you're gonna run into until you run into it. Now, the amount of time that you prepare will help you, but that's not really game preparation. Sitting around and like, just thinking about things or studying things is not necessarily going to give you the objections and the difficulties that you need. So um, you may need to do some trial runs, for example, some episodes or some, you know, cakes or some pictures or some things that you, you have something on the line. They're not free, but they're, they're able to be reshot or rebaked. Maybe you build an extra time for yourself. That would be super, super good idea. <sighs> I'm tired. It's been it's been cool, but it's been uh, it's worn out. So I'm, it's worn out. Listen to this. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, so uh, from a goals and limitations standpoint, what I was saying earlier is my goal is to get everything out automatically. I instinctually set it in the right place. Where I set down my keys is the right place to set down my keys. Those are the habits you need to build around good systems. Okay, the rabbit trail that I lost myself on that I just uh, found again, it's really funny. It's like eyeballs. It's literally like look when you look at it sometimes mentally, when you look at it, it disappears, and then when you look somewhere else, you find it. Um, th- that's actually really relevant to what I'm talking about. 
when you look at a problem, until you actually grind through it, you have a very spotty view of what that experience is going to be. Your mind prioritizes difficulties and rewards in weird, weird ways. And so it's similar to your memory, right? Like you remember even the things I did today. I have like six primary memories of today and then maybe 80 things that I could recall if I was asked about it. And they're not even in order. They're just, your memory just does this weird random thing. Now, maybe I'm the only one. I just realized I was talking to Harley the other day and I just realized that I'm like, I didn't realize that astigmatism is like, not normal. I thought everybody saw the star pattern at night of the lights and stuff. And I didn't realize that that, like it's a problem with my eyes. I just like 36 years old, just figured that out. Um, maybe the memory things that way. And maybe your planning is that way. Like maybe I'm weird and yours is normal and chronological and in order of importance. But if you were to say really quickly what you think you need to do to get something done, it's in my experience talking to people, it's really random. Like, it's like, um, I need to, uh, I've got to paint and then like, I've got to get my website set up and then I have to pay the gas bill and then I have to figure out how to organize my inventory. And you're looking at them like, what the heck is, what kind of weird list is that? Like, that's not organized in any way possible, but that's how our minds do it. And so when you jump right in, like Amy and Jeff were talking about, when you jump right in. You're forced to process and deal with things somewhat chronologically, right, in terms of problem. If it's not chronological, you're at least going to create a chronological problem. You're going to say, like, how do I get guests? How do I capture this technically? Um, and then I'm in, I'm in a spot right now where I'm just still finding my technique, right? I, don't, I, I have a, a fast pace, but I, I tend to talk over folks, and I want to I cut back on that. But the guests that I talk to appreciate They're like, hey, thank you for jumping in. Uh, that felt really natural. I didn't feel like I was on the spot. So finding that balance is going to be really important. Everybody's going to have an opinion on that and you'll probably be right. Um, but how do, you, how do you know what things you're going to run into until you get there? So what I'm doing right now, and, and this is what I found to be the best. When you're in the middle of something that you're grinding it out, it's new to you. You, you know you kind of jumped in like Jeff and Amy said. You know you just started is I try to start organizing and segmenting these actions into some sort of mental kind of train set of, it's not a real train set, but a mental order of things. So for example, in my situation, I'm going to work this out now. So as far as gear goes, gear is my first step. Can I capture it? If everything goes well, do I physically have the capability to capture it? Do I have the hard drive space? Like I need to get a, a bigger card. I could just um, recycle and format it more often, but I really need to have gotten a couple jobs in and maybe posted before I erase. So I'm going to get a larger card. They're not expensive for the micro SDs. Um, I only have one set of monitoring headphones. I found that the people who had the headphones on had better technique on the mic. So I should get a second pair of those. Um, I should have at least one longer XLR cable so that we're not limited in our proximity to one another, that we could spread out a little bit more. And maybe a fourth mic would be cool, but I've kind of learned that that's kind of a low priority. Generally, I'm interviewing two people or one person or it's just me. So I'm looking, I'm like, okay, as far as stuff, okay, now I have a sense of it. But for the first time this weekend, I traveled with my gear and I was absolutely overwhelmed by it. I've traveled with gear hundreds and hundreds of times. It's not a problem. But what happens is you're able to create a system for packing that at a glance, you know if something's off or something's missing. When you pack something for the first time, you have to kind of learn how to categorize things so that you can do that without experience. And so as I'm looking at the case, 
right now I got this Tupperware case for a bunch of stuff. I've got this bag where the Tupperware goes in with the stands. I want my um, SKB box over here. I don't know if you can see it, but the SKB box is like a Pelican type box specifically for the Roadcaster and the pod mics. So that will be the box for one person interviews or less. I can just grab it and go. But if I have more, it's here. It's just like getting all organized. If I'd have left one cord at home, there's a, excuse me, if I'd have left one cord at home, there's a chance I couldn't have recorded this weekend. I mean, it's, it's like that level of anxiety. So now you have your gear. How do you get it there? And how do you make sure you don't leave anything behind? That's the next step. Then from there, you have to have your import system. So you're capturing everything right. You're capturing everything correctly. As I said, there's a whole bunch of formatting I had to go through. So maybe now you, now you have to figure out like, how do I import this stuff in a way that I can find it later? You know, you can do the method that your kids do and that you did when you were a kid, which is basically throw everything on, in, on the floor in your room and say you'll clean it later. But like they never do. Like we never do. Right. So you got to put it away as soon as it comes in. We talked to the Blonde Robin owners today about batch photography. Instead of taking photos all the time, they take it as soon as a product comes in, they go out and photograph that batch of photos, that batch of fashion stuff. So that's something we got to do. So what are the naming conventions? How do I search it? How do I meta tag it? It seems overwhelming, but it's like now that I'm not worried about the gear, now that I'm not worried about the packing of the gear, I'm heavily focused on data transfer. So I figure out the naming convention. I kind of got a sense for when what the pace is when I'm going to run out of hard drives. I make a plan for um, offloading to mechanical long-term storage versus short-term storage. And, um, you know, this is more expensive, more secure short-term storage. Once it's posted on the web, I can probably put it on mechanical, you know, RAID redundant storage. So there's that. It's like, okay, now my data is safe. Now the question is, how do I, how do I edit and produce good quality content? And so I can get a minimum viable product myself. I hope to have a production team soon that'll be able to put this stuff together, edit and begin to chop shop and pull out the information I need for the multiple platforms. And then it'll be, how do I share it? Well, those, all those things have to be automated because if, if it's too expensive for me to hire someone, then it's too expensive for me to do it myself. I mean, think about it that way. Like if I have somebody for 10 or $12 an hour and I can't afford to hire them for 10 to $12 an hour to do the job and I make, you know, and my, my market value is more than that, then I, I can't afford to do it either. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the idea. It's more expensive for me to do it. Now, the difference is you're like, oh, I don't have to, you don't have to pay yourself. But now you're just gobbling up all that time and I'm not interested in that either. So I have to get this system down to such a instinctual science. Like I, I don't know if that's a sentence or even those words. I know science is a word I'm pretty familiar with, I think. But I need to get down to a place where the files just go where they go I think the person who edits is going to actually be the person who cuts the audio together is also going to have notes that they take as I reference certain things to chop it for links and things. Um, and then I'll probably have someone take those links, commands, designs, that sort of thing from the list of the show and place them where they need to go. And I have a feeling if everything's where it's supposed to be and the brand guidelines are already created, there's a good chance that that, that person is going to be able to get it done in less than an hour per episode. I think it'll probably be closer to 35 minutes per episode. So that's the goal. That's where I'm heading. Where I'm heading is I remove all of the things, the subjective tasks, and I leave just objective tasks. And I provide the subjective pieces, which are things like design, composition, things like that, fonts and all those things. I provide those layouts. On, and then they just plug, play, and share so that my goal is to have 
content that's unique um, out to the platform that it's appropriate for. This is super ambitious and it's super difficult. And I think the way that things need to go, I'm certainly not the only one striving for it. Some people are already doing it, but, but it's very, very difficult, which is Twitter has a reason people are on like, nobody's on seven or eight platforms. Like nobody follows you. If you're whatever realtor, you know, you're doing what I'm doing or whatever. Nobody's following you on eight platforms. So you're like, well, I don't need to be on eight. Well, I mean, some people only do YouTube and LinkedIn and some people only do Instagram and TikTok and some people only do Snapchat and Pinterest, right? So it's not, it's not that, that no one's on eight, so you shouldn't be on eight. Then it's that they're all on different ones, right? And so nobody wants to see you pop up 90 times with the same article. It's exhausting. It's like seeing the same commercial over and over. So how do you provide value without spending 100 years producing content every time you produce an episode. So here I am sitting alone in an amazing place that sleeps 14, trying to do the job of six. Uh, And I think it can be done. It's just challenging. So I have to keep remembering that, um, you know, two months ago this didn't exist and that I have made a lot of progress. And when the discouragement sets in, you go, nope. I think you just need some rest and you need to focus on what's true and uh, keep at it. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to open book this journey. I think part of the mystique of people who produce things like this and speak authoritatively on things is that they've got it together. I think what I'd like to show through relationships uh, that I've built over time, over a long time, and through kind of being an open book about the problem solving is I think that... Uh, I and our team are going to be very, very helpful in very rapidly helping unwind some of your process improvement needs, some of your clarity issues, some of your strategic pricing and, and those sort of things because you're going to get to watch us do it. There's no secret podcast or media machine that was built six years ago that we're pretending to roll out. You know, it's, it's, it's now a clock. It's 7.25 p.m. January 23rd. And, uh, you know, on December 23rd, this wasn't a thing. So... Uh, I remember actually Corey texted me, Corey Hubble from From the Middle. Uh, if you haven't heard their podcast, go back to the beginning. Um, I did a couple episodes on there. They're the worst episodes of theirs. They, they are, they're pretty awesome. I'm just kidding. They're, they're, but they, they, are, they are good. It's good, easy listening, uh, as well as some brilliant guys with a lot of talent. So, uh, But you know, he, he sent me an email and he's like, I feel lied to. He's like, you sit on the throne of lies. Because on December 21st, he texted me. He said, hey, um, Dylan, his brother text me and said, you're starting a podcast. You know, I want you to send me the link to the Kester cast. I want to be the first follower. And my response to him on December 21st was, it isn't anything yet, bud. And I was laughing about that because I thought I was being kind of modest, but I looked back and like, it literally wasn't anything yet. So hopefully we can demonstrate this thing. If it flames out and we fail, we'll fail together. Uh, And by together, I mean with you watching and me doing it in front of you. But I'm pretty sure... We're going to rock this thing. I'll continue to do these episodes from time to time. They'll be shorter that are just behind the curtain updates of, man, I feel like I could do better here. I'm working at it. Um, and we'll go from there. I do have an affiliate link for the links um, page that I have. So that would be one thing that you could do if you're thinking about setting up a links page. 
Um, we could set up a real short, low-dollar uh, consult on, I don't want to devalue my time, but I think it would be a fun thing to do on maybe four or five people to help you set up a Lynx profile, which is, it's four bucks a month, basically, three ninety nine a month. And essentially, what it does is it's kind of like the switchboard operator for all of your links. And so for me, and there's other services that do it, this is just my favorite. Like for me, when you go to that, it's uh, www.links.co backslash Ren Agency, R-E-N-A-G-E-N-C-Y. Um, it's easier when you just click it. It's not really a read on the radio thing. But when you click on that, it takes you like, here's my YouTube, here's our Pinterest page, here's our blog, here's blah, 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 blah. And it's just very pretty, but it's very simple. I did it for my day job too. I have two accounts there. And uh, it's nice because instead of saying that whole thing where you go, um, this isn't a sponsored post, by the way. I'm just, I'm just, from a real practical perspective, it's been helpful to me. Um, I can send them this and they can add my contact. They can call me, they can email me, but it's all the right numbers and emails it's not a convoluted like personal phone number. Like it's it's the stuff from the Renaissance Agency. Takes them to my webpage. Takes them to YouTube. Shows this latest episode of um, Renaissance Radio. And so that's like a that's a cool thing that you can do to simplify. But you'll notice I haven't cracked it yet. All of those platforms aren't filled out with content, and uh, I'm just barely staying afloat on getting the episodes out. Although I do have a lot, and I'm actually debating right now. This will be kind of a funny moment, but like I'm debating: do I release two a week? You know, I, I don't want to be overly ambitious. I also don't want to dilute the value of what we're doing, but um, I am finding guests quicker than I expected. I'm, I'm so excited to talk to these folks. So I, I don't know. I Maybe you guys can let me know what you think, um, but we'll, we'll do what we can do and we'll see you there. Uh, like I said, if you're at a spot where over the weekend you want to get coffee and you're like, man, I'm stuck. Um, I am happy to provide references. That has been the hardest part of this type of job. And especially when I was working for employers that didn't know the history of what I used to do. The company I'm with now has been very appreciative, very understanding and supportive and, and, uh, have seen the benefits of this type of work. But in the past, it's just hard to like sum up the kind of creative work that I do. And so, uh, I think it's cool to get to listen to some previous clients and friends. And, uh, I would would love to chat with you. I'm not, I'm not, urgent about it, but I do think it would be a lot of fun to take on one or two folks um, coming up into this next season. So uh, appreciate you guys. 30 minutes, shortest ever. That's great. I cannot wait to get a little bit of rest. I wonder if these corn dogs have gotten better as they've cooled. Um, unlikely. Uh, this has been Renaissance Radio. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>